Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Hey friends, in this episode, I'm speaking with poet and playwright Naima Yatunde Ince. Our starting place is Pure, Naima's most recent poetic memoir. But friends, from there we go so many places. Writing plays and poetry, vulnerability and transformation, strength and gentleness, mental health and healing, and process, process, creative process, my favorite stuff. In addition to poetry, Naima Yutunde Ince is an emerging playwright whose signature is distinct through the medium of the spoken word. Naima has been writing and performing spoken word poetry for over 10 years. Her play, Men Always Leave, had two productions in the Triangle area of North Carolina, produced by the Cary Players in 2019 and the Women's Theatre Festival in 2016. Currently, she is working on another full-length play titled Cry, Pray, Put on Lipstick. Naima is also a published author. Her most recent publication, Pure, A Book of Poetry, is a poetic memoir. She holds two degrees, a Master's of Professional Studies in Arts and Cultural Management from Pratt Institute and a Bachelor of Arts in Theater Studies from SUNY Purchase College. Naima is originally from Brooklyn, New York. Enjoy the episode. Naima, hi! How are you this morning? Thanks so much for making some time for me. Hi, I'm great! Today we are going to be talking about pure a book of poetry written by you. And I'm wondering if you could start us off with an original poem that you wrote in that piece. Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with a poem called She Smiled. Here we go. The day seemed to begin with the stretching of arms that pulled at the sides of the rib cage. The day was bright. The water glistened as if to have stars in them. She saw her reflection, tasting the salty waters, cleansed her tongue. In likeness with her skin, she smiled, feeling the beat of the sun that lifted the golden tones in the melanin that clothed her. She listened to the call of the spirit beyond the surface of anything tangible. The acute ear she had let her heart beam, as bright as the sun rays that touched down to highlight her footsteps. She smiled, taking into account the drops of tears that ran away with the depths of the sea. There were no more sorrows here, missing you tomorrows or beckoning the bag of a hug or hand to tug at the loss that wounded the soul. She smiled, standing corrected by the several detours that kept her bewildered about the man, cries that seemed to fall on deaf ears to the rejection of anything that seemed downright human. She was leaving it buried. She smiled. No more waiting for calls from imaginary friends. No more waiting for softened rough hands. No more doubting, self-loathing, and powder-like fears that just seemed to keep her dusted. No more drowning in the guilt of things not worth lingering, holding on to a shadow that had hopscotch in the background, she smiled. Unhinged, she smiled, open loud, laughter floating in the air like the ring of song, she smiled, 
She brightly, so brightly till her cheeks hurt. She kept the smile wide so her son could join in the joy she radiated like a bright queen, which reflected in the sea that greeted her words were heard, cleansed, and preserved as all feelings are worth acknowledging. But none of us should keep our souls in bondage. Exhale, release, smile, just as she did. Smile. Thank you so much for writing and for reading that piece. Oh, you're welcome. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) All right. So we're going to be talking about Pure, which is the book, and She Smiled is a poem in it. Mm -hmm. I think I want to talk about the poem first, though, if that's okay, because people just heard it. Yeah, you mentioned it was one of your favorites. Talk Mm -hmm. about why it's one of your favorites, and if you remember... Can you tell us what was the inspiration to write that? Oh, sure. It's one of my favorites because of the purity in it. My heart is just really on the page with what, with that poem. So I really love it. Now, the inspiration behind it is I was going through a divorce, which was really hard. And I also have a very tough feeling about men in my life or, you know, if they're going to stick around, if they're going to leave. Because unfortunately, I didn't have a good relationship with my biological father as much as I had with my stepfather. So I often felt that I wasn't special. And this was one of those times where I felt that it took me a lot to just smile in this time. I was struggling also with the onset of mental illness. I had a breakdown, didn't realize that I was having a breakdown. So Mm. that was really hard. And then being diagnosed. And so there was a lot going on at that time between 2018 until about, I would say, mid-2019. It was a real, real struggle for me. So this particular poem, I went to the ocean and I took some things with me that I felt like I needed to release and let go of. I wrote a letter and I released it into the ocean. I then buried those things that I thought that I needed to release from myself. After this whole sort of ritualistic experience that I had, I was inspired to write this piece. So that's where She Smiled comes from. And that's why she's one of my favorites. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is a beautiful story. So if I wanted to do a book and I were you, (laughs) did you you write all the poems first and then say, this is going to be a book? Or did you say, I want to write a book, I'm going to write poems? Like, How does that work for you? Well, I did have some of these poems already because this this book is a poetic memoir. So I'm taking pieces that were very, very monumental um, for me in my life from the time I was younger to, you know, where I am now, all of that. So this spans my life in a sense. And so um, some of the pieces I had, and then a lot of them I wrote, many of them I wrote for this book as I was developing it, because I could go back to those places and think and really feel 
You know, I uh, really wanted to allow myself to feel and have a raw experience with this because I felt like I had something to tell the world. And I felt like my experience could inspire others and that I wasn't the only one that went through a divorce. I wasn't the only one dealing with mental illness. I wasn't the only one that had a father who left. I was, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's just so many different things that I went through. But having the words sometimes, that's a special thing. And I felt like that is a blessing. And that's something that comes from God for me is a talent. And I feel like we should live out our purpose, whatever that is. Part of my life is this. It's it's my purpose of getting my words out. And so creating the book, I had poems already written. And then I did for sure write some pieces for this. Mm-hmm. So it was a mixture. I find in my own life that sometimes my experiences or my feelings are so they're so tangled and they're so large that I do really struggle to put words on them. Mm-hmm. And when I do, it is a relief to me. Um, it is a way for me to understand and make sense and sometimes to retell the story of my experience. Oh, yeah. I also find that when other people say the words that unlock understanding for me, that is such a gift. And I feel like that's what you are giving to people who read this book. It's like, I put this in words so that you might have an insight into your own experience. It is such a, it is such a gift. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you. It is a gift. And I feel as though that we as people have a responsibility to be there for other people. This is my way of trying to be there for someone who doesn't even know me. and hoping that, like you said, having the words or being able to unlock that piece, you were just feeling like, man, she said it. (laughs) I've been trying to say it all this time and, and, and she got it. And then being able to share that with someone else and then having that person share it with someone else, that is how we heal. That's how we live. That's, that's the human experience. And for me, I just want to be a big part of that. You know, that's part of my purpose. So the fact that you can see that as well, it's awesome. You mentioned a ritual that led you to writing. She smiled. Do you have a formal writing process or do you wait for inspiration to strike? How does that work for you? I write fluid. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I kind of write every day. Usually my inspiration is very, I mean, I write about so many different topics. I will write about nature. I will write about love. I will write about, you know, something that I've I've seen in the media that has sparked something in me. I have varied genres. I don't really stick to one. So that is where I'm coming with that. This particular piece, though, I did push myself. Because of where I was in my life at that time, I really had to push myself. There were some things I didn't even want to see on the page. Hmm. I was feeling it inside, but I was just so afraid to see those words out loud. I was afraid to say them, you know, let alone look at them. I felt like the ritual that I did released me of that. It helped me to break free. Having that is power, you know. 
you empowered yourself. And so what did you do to empower yourself? For me, I got closer to things that make me feel whole again, which is the earth, you know, going back to, you know, our roots, so to speak. That means a lot to me. My process varies, but for that particular poem, I definitely went that route because I wanted to get it out. I just needed a little bit of support. So I went to the earth to support me. (laughs) Mm, I love thinking about supports for writing because some of this is, it it requires a lot of courage and vulnerability. And even if you're by yourself in a room and no Mm -hmm. one else is there and no one ever sees it, it requires, um, I'll just go back to that word, some some courage and some faith. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Okay. You're talking about forcing or encouraging yourself to write through the tricky parts. Do you have mantras? Do you go on a walk? Maybe you do a lot of different things, but I'm wondering if people would like some more ideas for how to get themselves over that that little hump. Oh, yeah. A walk helps. Being outside. Sometimes just sitting outside, feeling the breeze, feeling the sun. You'd be surprised what you can come up with in that quiet time, you know? Um, meditation, you know, sometimes, like I said, a free write helps. It does. Getting away, having a trip, doing a scenic drive. You don't have to be far. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that are definitely ways to make yourself feel like, yeah, I could do this. Also, sometimes I just sit with the pen and pad and I get me a, a, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. I play some music. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and music is definitely inspiring. Sometimes you hear a song and it's just like, man, now I got it. I know what to say. You know, those are just some of the things that I do that help. Yeah, I love that so much because the way that feels to me is encouragement and ease for yourself. Like you're not, you're not saying like you got to write this poem. You better sit down. (laughs) It's sort of it's like because that doesn't work, right? We don't do that because that's just. It's there's nothing going to come from that other than more no. pain. And so saying, you know what, we're just going to sit here, honey, and we're going to have some tea and look at the birds and mm-hmm. just go easy a little bit. I think that's a, a just a really beautiful way to open up to inspiration, you know? Oh, yeah. And not only that, you get some self-care in there, yes. you know? Some some self care in there, and you are being gentle with yourself. Yes. And the whole thing is, is that these forms of expression, theater, visual arts, creative writing, these take a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of energy, and a lot of time. And so you don't want to force it out. Do you want it to come naturally? You want to feel like almost like a flower that, you know, just takes its time and bloom. You know what I mean? Mm. You you want to have that experience so that every piece is what they call putting your heart out there. You are being raw on the page in whatever you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing yourself. You're feeling everything, all of the senses you know, and being able to do that is really important. So 
whatever helps you to get there, that is your process. And you need to embrace your process because it embraces your talent, you know? Mm -hmm. So you need to embrace that. (laughs) Yes. Love it. On the heels of that, what advice would you have for somebody who says, I want to write about my own experience in that same way. I want to write a poetic memoir. First, I would say, get with yourself in a quiet space and just try to be reflective. Then get a piece of paper and start to outline what you want to say. Hmm. Not chapters, not titles, none of that. You want to outline what you want to actually say. Then you can brainstorm, okay, here's how I want to break it down. And here's how many poems I want for each piece. And then you could get technical. But the first, the first initial thing needs to be, needs to have as much of you in it as possible because you're telling your story. You're not telling, you know, a fiction story. It's not something that you just came up with and you're like, I got to get this out. No, you're telling your story and you have to be naked on that page. You have to be vulnerable in every second, in every minute. That's why it takes time to be reflective and then work out the technical aspects of it. And you want to give yourself time. You want to be gentle with yourself, especially because when you're doing this, some things are going to come out at you. You know, you might cry, might get angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just remembering those things. You want to say that it's okay to feel that, you know, and not be hard on yourself and 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 say, you know, let this process be another avenue to your healing. It can be, Hmm. you know, and I think that memoirs definitely allow for that. And this was unique for me. I mean, I've never seen a poetic memoir before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when the idea came to me, I was like, oh, okay, you know, something different, something out of the box, something unique. And I felt like, yeah, I wanted to attack that. How would you describe pure to someone who hadn't read it? And what do you think you learned about yourself? And that can be either like you as a human or you as a writer, if we can even distinguish between those two, but through the process. I learned so many things about myself. One of the things I learned is that I am triumphant. I have a lot of persistence and I have a lot of perseverance. That was deep for me because people have said it. People have said it. And I'm like, oh, I'm just getting through life. (laughs) I'm just Mm -hmm. doing my thing, you know? But when you have to actually sit there and reflect, you're like, oh my gosh. And then when you're going through some of these pieces that make you cry, you're like, man, that was so real. I felt that in that moment and I'm able to feel it again right now. It hurts but I'm getting it out. And here is how I'm getting it out. You feel empowered by just that. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you can write it, the fact that you can now say it, you might not have been able to then, you know, but you can do it now. That's power to me. So just some of those things were my discoveries about who I was and who I am. I also think that as a woman, I had to take more time 
to embrace certain feminine aspects of myself. Hmm. Even though I, I think that I'm definitely, I call myself a girly girl. Um, <laughs> very feminine. I like a lot of the different girl things. But when I say that is I can be very, very rough with my expression or, you know, pushy with how I want to get something out and it could come across more masculine than feminine. Could be very direct. And so I'm like, huh, how can I soften this up a little bit? You know, not not to say that I should not be assertive, not to say that I should not get it out there, but how can I be my whole feminine self and still get my point across? Right. And so I had to embrace that. I had to learn that this was something I needed to work through. And I forced myself to get some of those pieces out through this this book, Pure. So I feel like if I'm going to tell anybody what this is about before they get there or get to reading one poem or one page, it is a true expression of self. It is a spiritual, to me, evolution. And it has the power to inspire you in any aspect of it, wherever you are in your life, you will find something for you. There's something for everybody in this book, really. Yeah. And you show up as a multidimensional person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we contain multitudes and I think the exploration of all of the aspects which I find very refreshing when I read people's work. So yes. Would you like to read another poem? Oh, yes. This one is called Kick-Ass Bitch. Picked up the broken pieces and etched them in like attachments to my crown, giving definition to the fact that I am and forever will be a gem. Tears fell like Pearls dried on cheeks as a reminder, even my tears are beautiful. Redefining the woman I am and pulling from the depths of my soul. That I am the definition of special. Special like the light in the sky from midnight stars. Special like the birth of newborn child. Special like the beauty of the wonders of the world. Special like any edifice you would marvel after. Wanting my voice to echo inside of fade in the distance, realizing my desire to live outweighed my feelings to die. This won't beat me. Tilting the devil's attempt to defeat all that was and all that ever will be, giving a stand-up fight toe-to-toe like creed. There is no giving in. There is no other way but to face this and overcome it. Strong like the mother who bared a child, had a C-section and marched back into the classroom to complete her master's. Strong like the woman who battled the court system, systemic abuse and abuse of a worthless man and won. Strong like the woman who endured the rejection of love from a worthless husband who left my laundry out for others to try on a piece of my clothing as if I ain't human. Strong like the definition of the many ancestors that taught me to march on. 
keep my head high and never turn a blind eye. Strong like the woman who battled depression and anxiety and conquered her ability to sustain her mental health. The fight to be the best mother, the best woman, the best partner, the best friend, the person I could ever be. I'm that woman. I'm that strong. So when I ever forget it, I stare myself square in the eye and say, you are one kick-ass bitch. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. It's an <laughs> anthem. It's an anthem, it right? It is. Uh, talk, okay, talk about that. Where did that come from? What does it mean mm-hmm. to you? All that stuff. Well, again, you know, similar to the other piece about feeling special, feeling like, you're worth it. You know, you're worth the fight. I found myself at very low place. You know, like I said, when having that breakdown and I started to reflect on everything and really feel worthless. Like you go through that, especially with depression. It's very, very challenging. And one of the lines in there is saying, my will to live outweighed my will to die. And that really had to be true. I had to make that true. I had to really believe that. And so that's one of the things with this piece. And then I go into the experiences that make me one kick-ass bitch. I mean, I battled um, abuse, you know, physical abuse and, and emotional and financial abuse of, you know, my son's father. I I had to conquer the the, the court systems and dealing with custody and visitation battles and being able to even relocate. I mean, I'm from New York, but there was a possibility I wouldn't even be able to move had I not been able to fight in those moments in that courtroom. Having my son, having a C-section, going back to school two weeks later and actually completing my master's. I mean, these are serious things and all of that happened at the same time. There was no breath. There was no peace. I had to just keep going. And and being a single mother, I didn't really even have time to like focus on, oh, how beautiful it is that I'm a mom and I love my baby and here's what I want to do and outline all. I didn't have time for that. I had to try to survive, period, and love a child and raise a child. and. That was hard, you know, having gone through a divorce where you realize that this man has cheated on you, had a whole nother life, and on top of it was talking about your personal self, defaming who you are to random people, and then finding out what those words were and what they really meant, and then having to face the fact that this can't be true. It's not true. It's not who I am. And I have to believe that. It doesn't matter what he says. It matters what I say. It matters what I believe. It matters what what, what God knows about who I am. Hmm. All of those things really went into this piece. And then on top of that, now you went through all of that. Now, how are you going to pick yourself back up? How are you going to remind yourself that you are special? You are worth it. So when I was talking about perseverance and having persistence and I think about those moments and I sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how I survived it. Right. You know, I've had 
times where I felt like I couldn't even get on the subway or I'm walking through the street and I'm crying through a panic attack. You know what I mean? And it's like, how are you going to survive getting through what's happening to you, being a mother, working, doing all of what are you going to really do? I would tell you a story. I was going through that time, you know, in, in Brooklyn, New York, and I had, I was dealing with courts and, you know, the separation of, of me and my son's father. And I really started to feel like I wasn't going to win. I heard a radio show. I think it was uh, Steve Harvey's radio show on WBLS. And he had Marvin Sapp on there talking about his album, I Win. And I was sitting there like, I want to feel like I win. I don't believe I do. And just being able to have that spiritual word, having that gospel, having that constant reiteration, uh, re-edification that yes, even in these tears, even, even in this pain, even in this um, moment where you feel like you cannot get up, you can because you will win, period. Mm-hmm. And so I got that album and songs one through five were my motivations to listen to every time I was going to the courtroom. Eventually, I got everything I needed and I won. So that was inspiring to me. And and like I said, with music, it can help you, you know, it can see you through. And that gospel, I needed it. I needed it at that time. I needed to believe in something, you know, to get me through. And so Kick-Ass Bitch is all of that in that poem, you know, it's just a few lines, but it says so much. It means so much to me, you know, it's a special piece. It is a special piece. It's very powerful. I'm sorry for the pain that you went through. I love the part of the poem where you you are laying out evidence oh, for, yeah. your, for your strength. I see so many people skip over those parts of our lives and and sort of minimize what they went through. And mm-hmm. I love that you kind of just list it out like, I did this. I survived. I am strong. I am that woman. I'm that, you know, it's it's just such an empowering moment. And I'm so grateful that you shared that. Oh, yes. Thank you. And um, my, like I said, I'm impure. That's exactly what I want to be, pure, naked on the page, vulnerable, giving it all to the world, because now I'm able to talk about my experience and it feels real good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm able to feel empowered by my experience. I'm able to say, I got over it and feel like anything else I go through in life cannot be as bad as that. (laughs) So if I got through that, I could get through anything else and I will, I will fight it. And so it meant, it means a lot to, to do pure. And I, and I broke it down into seven chapters, seven poems per each chapter, because seven is a very, is a spiritual number. It means spirituality. And so I wanted that experience, this book for pure. Everything from the book cover to the colors to the title 
to the breaking down of the, the chapters, to the poems that were chosen, to the fact that I don't even believe in odd numbers, so I had to have a bonus chapter. The fact that I was able to have so many ups and downs, like, you know, laughs and smiles and go through the pain and and the trenches all through this one book, I was able to do that. And um, like you said, sometimes we skip over the evidence that makes us. You know, these are things that make us, they make or break who we are. They add to our character. And so we can't skip over those pieces. And so I hope that that poem inspires other women to not diminish or, you know, say, oh, I did this and it wasn't that big of a deal because it is a big of a deal. It really is. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can be strong like that. You know, and so I hope that that poem can inspire a woman to focus and redefine who they are and remember who they are every single day. Wonderful. So we are in a strange year. 2021 is strange. 2020 was strange. There's been a lot going on and you released your book last year. And so Mm -hmm. my guess is that you will be focusing on that a little bit this year as well. But I'm curious about what is next for you? What are you working on? Tell us where you are in your own artistic journey. So right now, you know, I'm a poet and I'm an author, but I'm also a playwright, producer of theater and director. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do all of these things. And so right now I'm focusing on my playwright talent and what I want to get out there. I'm working on this piece called Cry, Pray, Put on Lipstick. Hmm. It really explores what it means to cry, what it means to pray, and what it means to put on lipstick. How we feel about crying, how we feel about praying, or what it means to have some kind of higher power idea, and also how we face the world. That's the whole lipstick part. I've been working on this piece since last year into this year. Um, I'm part of the Dramatist Guild. I'm doing the end of play program through the Dramatist Guild right now. So that's for the month of April. You write until you have a complete piece by the end of the month. And so this piece kind of carried over. So I'm working through, you know, rewriting refocusing, all that kind of stuff, all the technicalities of it to get through my uh, second act so that I have a full length play. Mm. And then I hope to produce it. I mean, I really do. It deals with four women, surrounded by four women. It deals with gentrification, colorism, mental illness, societal you know, issues, that some of what we have experienced, everything from the pandemic to the racism to police brutality, all that kind of stuff. There's a little bit of everything out of those four categories in this play. Hmm. It, it means a lot to me. It's a powerful piece and is based in Brooklyn, New York. I really think that this is another one of those pieces that can inspire people and, and can say, hey, we got through that thing, you know? It was crazy, but we did. (laughs) You know, uh, we are still going through a lot of other things that are painful, but 
how how do we what do we do to face those things? What do we do to um, empower ourselves and overcome? Those are definitely takeaways from this play. I'm very excited about it. I really am. And I was part of the Give It Legs uh, program through the Warehouse Performing Arts Center, which is based in um, Cornelius, North Carolina. And um, we did it virtually because of the pandemic, of course. So there was a lot of coaching and help from playwright Nicole Palmer, who has a lot of experience and a lot of great tips and and just as a good person to work with as far as um, helping to define those aspects of what you really want to say, what you really want to get out to the world through your play. Hmm. And so it has been very beneficial to have that uh, program to have gone through and kind of have a mentor there and things like that. So that's what I'm working on. That is so exciting. I can't wait to see where it goes. And I look forward to the day that it can happen in person as opposed oh, yeah. to virtual. I mean, there are nice accessibility uh, aspects of a virtual theater. I feel like I've seen more theater in the past year and a half than I had prior to that because I just couldn't get to the places. So I am grateful for it, but I'm also really looking forward to that in-person experience when it's when it's safe to do that. Oh, yeah, because there's nothing like the live and feeling the right. the energy of the room. It's just nothing like it. <laughs> so I totally get it. I do. I understand. But it is kind of interesting that in the midst of the pandemic, we found some real creative ways to get out there. And now the Internet is just everything. It's yeah. just it's just broken open now. Um, so that that is a positive. That is definitely a positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Naima, is there anything you'd like to talk about before we wrap up today? Um, I think I got it all out, Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was able to talk a little bit about everything. I will say um, that the book is available on Amazon, and it's also available on my website, which is nyiproductions.com. Either way, it'll be great if you could definitely get the book. And I hope that people will find it a treasure for them, a treasure for their bookshelves and will share with others. Great. I will put those links in the show notes so people can click right in there. Thank you so much for your work, for your time today, for your wisdom, for your vulnerability. I appreciate it so much. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Did you know that Artist Soapbox turns four years old this year? If you've found value, inspiration, education, commiseration, or just a laugh, please become a patron and help us do all the things we hope to do for you. There are links in the show notes about ways to support Artist Soapbox, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash artist soapbox. Thanks so much.